This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Summit Racing's Paul Sokolis with special guest, Lee Grimes, suspension expert with Coney North America. Here we go. Hey gang, welcome to another installment of the On All Cylinders Podcast. I am your host for today, Paul Sokolis. And as much as we like to talk about uh, big power and dyno numbers around here, being able to point it in the right direction is just as important. So uh, to that end, we've got Lee Grimes on the show today. Now, in addition to being uh, a representative of one of the preeminent uh, suspension manufacturers on the planet, Kony, uh, Lee is also an experienced race car driver. And we actually caught up with him a couple years ago when he took the Kony Roadshow through uh, Summit Racing's headquarters up in Akron, Ohio. And we're thrilled to have him now back on as a guest for our podcast. Lee, thank you for joining us. Can you uh, tell people a bit about your background and what got you into this whole gearhead world? I grew up in a in, uh, in a sports car and sports car racing kind of family. My um, my family had uh, SCCA race cars. It was something that my parents were into. So as a kid, tagged along to races, and it just became part of my life. And then I got lucky uh, to uh, I wanted to to work in the automotive realm, and I got lucky. And I've been working with Coney since 1996. It's been pretty much a dream job when you when you get to play with cars and, and high-quality products. I was actually a Coney customer probably six or eight years before I even had the opportunity to come work here. So I, I had them Coney's on street and autocross cars and had already learned a bit about suspension. And then the opportunity came along and I jumped on it. <laughs> Just to drive that point home, pun intended, it sounds to me like you've got an awful lot of on-track experience, correct? I'm coming up on, uh, I'm over 40 years of SECA membership. I've been autocrossing since almost, for about 40 years, road racing for since the late 80s. That's kind of my life and, and love and, and all that stuff. So and then roll it into my job and, and that, that's a great thing. All right. So we got a lot of ground to cover. Let's just start at square one. Lee, say someone comes to you with, uh, with a new car, be it a Mini, be it a Mustang, be it a Ferrari. They're kind of new to the whole suspension tuning game. What advice do you give them to kind of start them along the path to upgrading their suspension? Control. If you've got a moving vehicle, it's going to move around. The suspension's going to move as the car goes straight, as it accelerates, it brakes, and it turns corners. And so the weight of the car moves around a little bit. So if you can get a suspension that's going to connect you to the road and help with the grip and the handling and the balance of the car, then that's really what's going to make the car work the best. And then if the car is also being used on the street, you want to make sure that it has a level of refinement and acceptable comfort to be able to uh, to serve the, the needs of a daily driver. We don't get to drive, you know, on racetrack, perfect, smooth roads on the daily commute. So it's a matter of finding a balance. So when somebody comes to me and says, I've got let's say a Mustang, uh, my first question is, great, what year is it and what do you do with it? Do you, is it your daily? Is it your garage toy to take out on cruises on the weekends? Are you going to autocross it? Is it going to be a dedicated road race car? So the more that we can focus in on what your expectations and needs are, then we can help decide which of the products that we might have or which of the characteristics is best going to suit you. The factory shocks that are delivered on a car are going to be something that that as good as they can they can ultimately get for a very generalized customer and quite frankly uh just the way huge volume manufacturing works 
they're going to try to do the best that they can, but with something that's that's a very, very inexpensive product to the car manufacturer. The reality is that a shock absorber that comes from your car around Detroit, a shock may, may cost them under $10 a piece, um, and a strut may be $10 to $15 a piece. There's not a whole lot of technology internal inside the workings of the shock. They make sure it's going to help make your Mustang feel kind of sporty and make sure it makes it through the 33,000 or whatever mile warranty. They've got to paint with a pretty broad brush and keep it keep the bean counters happy. But if you're willing in the aftermarket to look at something that's better, that's a higher quality, then there's all kinds of opportunities open up. And then we go back to what are you wanting? What are you expecting out of your car? And then we can focus on that. Now, is there a suspension recipe one should follow, like an order of progression? For example, step one, upgrade this, step two, upgrade that. Or does it change with the application or the driving situation? It's going to change to a degree. Ultimately, if you're in a, in a uh, sportier performance situation, uh, you got to make sure that your tires are appropriate because the tires what connects the car to the ground. So you're not going to want to have a super economy, a high gas mileage tire on a car that you're autocrossing or doing a track day, or even really just carving on uh, corners on a weekend. So tire connects the car to the ground. So we want to make sure that it's in the right ballpark. And the next thing is, is there intention to lower the car? Is there intention not to lower the car? Is the primary expectation, you know, hey, it's my daily. I want to improve the handling, but we absolutely cannot sacrifice comfort or family member, my wife drives the car, or I take grandma to the airport kind of thing. We don't want to shake grandma's teeth out, you know, on the ride to the airport. So again, focusing to what the expectations are. And then we can decide, is that something like our FSD, frequency selective damping, that technology, is that the way we're going to go? Or if you're going to lower the car and you want to maybe do more fine tuning, then we can go to an adjustable shock. Or do we want something with a coilover where you may want to be able to change your heights? Finding out what your goal is for the car is going to help get the best outcome for you. So is that something you come across a lot in your profession? Um, People don't ask those upfront questions and immediately begin throwing suspension parts at their car. Are there any common issues and problems that you see a lot? That is something that's, that's relatively common is people hear some buzzwords and they just think that, that that's the cool thing that you need to do, but they may not understand the ramifications or quite what it's about. And especially if they're, if they're buying on a very tight budget, you go onto some forums and some groups and people talk about their car and they've had three or four different suspension systems on it. It's maybe what, it, what they didn't really understand, but it's what they fit their budget, but then they need to get rid of it and get something else as they move along. We're better off to try to to find out where the destination is likely to be and aim for that rather than just get something that gets us a couple of steps forward, do that, get rid of it, do a couple more steps. One of the things that we that's uh, you know an absolute buzzword in our industry is coilovers. And coilovers offer a great deal of opportunity to people, allowing the ability to alter ride heights, the ability to often uh, change spring rates, so on like that. But those are pretty technical and and focused things. And there's going to be a compromise with that. An awful lot of the the coilover systems that let you get really far down are also going to be pretty harsh riding too. So if you get to a high compromise situation, 
but then the car is expected to be a daily driver. You don't need to necessarily beat yourself up on the road for the car to have good handling. We want refinement. We want firmness without harshness. And that's going to get a better outcome because that's where the car is going to grip and it's going to be more pleasant to ride in the car itself. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds to me like the Coney tech support folks are often answering a lot of, hey, how do I fix this type questions? Is that an accurate assessment? It's relatively common, um, especially if somebody has been has gone through a couple of setups that may be, again, a higher compromise and a lower budget. You know, we've all, we've all seen the kid with the slammed car. The car looks really cool as a static piece of art, but when it's driving down the road, you see his head bobbing up and down because he's bouncing on the seat because the suspension of the car has turned more to a solid than a suspension. It may look cool when it's sitting, but it's, it's going to beat the driver up. It's not going to handle well. The grip is, is not going to be, be maximized. So again, more compromises. If you're all into the look and you don't care how the car operates, you can go that direction. But on the other hand, with a little bit of uh, back and forth, we can actually make something that's better, that can get the look and also have the refinement that you're happy to be in. Going back to our discussion earlier, it was curious to me that you were so upfront about mentioning tires. What other parts recommendations do you make when someone comes to you um, has probably already made a few strategic suspension upgrades how do you further coach them to, to really bring their car, their vehicle to the next level? If somebody calls me out of the blue on our tech line or sends an email to our, uh, to our incoming email box and just starts the conversation, here's what I'm driving, here's what I'm doing with it. Now we can begin building it up. If it's a competition scenario, then we can go for the things that are going to make you fastest, quickest. If it's a daily driven scenario, where the car needs to have that right balance of increased performance, but nice ride quality, then we can follow that direction. We don't want to try to jump in on a comfort shock on a car that we know is going to be mostly used in competition because comfort and competition are usually at opposite ends of the spectrum. We've also seen the person driving on the street that's got a full competition system and you feel sorry for the pain that they must be feeling as they're bobbing down the road and feeling every single bump in Braille. Okay, so we've danced around a particular topic, and it's one that's near and dear to my heart, because I kind of grew up in the sport compact scene, and your day two modification for any sport compact was you lowered the car, because the perception was a lowered car would handle better. I mean, it had to, right? So is that really true, or is that kind of a, a popular misconception? Will lowering a car always make it handle better? Yes, typically. As you accelerate, decelerate, turn left or turn right, there's the weight of the car itself above the suspension is what's known as the sprung weight. That's you, the driver, the, the engine, the weight of the car itself. So as we can control that motion as it begins to lean or roll or sway or so on like that, the more that we can control that motion and not just let it flop over, the more responsive the driving feels going to be. And then as well, the, the more the loading, more consistent the loading of the tire is to help, you know, effectively maximize the grip. Not, not that we're talking necessarily racing tires, but that's a focus point. When you do get racing, you want to get the most of the grip potential out of there. And having your suspension, your weight management under control and very smooth and very predictable and consistent, that's going to allow you to, to get a better lap time. 
to be faster through a corner and when the car is not is not rocking or bobbing and, and weaving and so on like that. So the more that you can refine it, the more that you can get the tool doing consistently what you want, then the driver's capability, it's easier to drive. You don't want to go into a corner and you and just not know if it's going to to understeer and push off the front or if the back end's going to try to spin out from underneath you. That doesn't give a driver confidence in his ability to drive near the edge. So he may be driving at 60% of the capability uh, of his capabilities or the car's capabilities rather than 90 to 100% because he's scared that, hey, this thing's going to jump out from underneath me and cause a problem. On the other hand, if we can, can refine it, we've got that body motion control down, you can really begin feeling what the car is doing. Now you can push it closer to the edge. And since most motorsports are timing in fractions of a second to the thousands of a second, you can really make a pretty significant difference there. But again, that's not only just for, uh, you know, that's not only just for competition. If, you know, if you've got a streetcar, you want to refine it, you want to make it better, but you also don't want to suffer the car feeling locked down and, and not moving. So it's a matter of, of just refining and making it better and making it fit your personal tastes and expectations. Now let's go down this rabbit hole a little more. Um, is there a limit? Obviously, there, there's a practical limit in the context of train tracks, manhole covers, curbs, etc. But is there a limit to how low you should go before you really start to inhibit the movement of your suspension? Absolutely. You've got to work within the suspension stroke that, that the vehicle's designers give you. And quite frankly, as a lot of cars are getting more and more uh, refined and they, they do a better job of the geometry and the packaging gets tighter, there may not automatically be a large amount of stroke in the initial suspension that you can just take away. So if you decide, hey, I want to lower my car by, say, two inches, reduce the fender gap between the top of the tire and the fender, we've got to make sure that, that you can take away that two inches of ride height and not make the, the suspension bottom out on a regular basis. You know, whether it's a matter of bump rubbers or whether we use a shorter shock body, if we play with the spring rate a little bit to make it balanced, but also still have a suspension and not just simply go solid. We've been working on some, one of the newer uh, um, sports cars back in our warehouse right now. Because of the packaging, it's already a uh, quite short strut to begin with. Particular car's got a relatively low hood and windshield line, very sporty, very neat. They didn't necessarily leave. Here's four inches of excess travel that you could just take away and not have any impact on. So that car, we may not be able to lower as much as another. As an example, the Mini and the Mini Coopers, those are neat little cars, but they don't have much suspension stroke to begin with. So you can't just automatically lop off two inches of suspension stroke like you might be able to do on a Mustang with no trouble. So you've got to work within what's already there to make sure that you don't sacrifice the vehicle's function for a key look. Now, if you decide the look is all that it's about, I'm going to trailer the car to car shows and have it look neat and then put it back on the trailer, then you can go that direction. But if you're going to live with the car, you need it to be able to move. You need it something that you, you want to be inside. All right, so I've kind of asked this question already, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phrase it in a different way because I think it really might help someone if they are struggling with suspension issues. Is there a common culprit that when you do start digging into a, to a person's technical question that you typically find more often than not is the cause of a suspension issue? 
in the performance market for a streetcar overlowering is 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 an awfully big deal because cars look cool typically when they're really down but you may just frankly take away all the suspension motion and make it too stiff that's probably the most common one that you run into especially on a car that's got a, a limited ride height or suspension stroke to begin with you want to lower it to make it look better you want to make it firmer you want better control but it's still a dynamic car in motion that drives on public roads and public roads have railroad tracks and potholes and bumps. I, over my many years with Coney, I've had the pleasure of traveling all over the country uh, giving seminars. And it's funny because every place that I go to, when I talk to the people, they usually think that their local roads have got to be the worst in the country. And they may be different if you're up in Chicago or Detroit or the northern lands that gets a lot of, a lot of frost heaves. You get a lot of broken up roads that way. Out in California, there's some roads that they don't really see the freezes and the salt and the damage from that, but they may have a lot of high wear. I'm thinking of a particular road in San Francisco where it's just one long swale after another. And if the car is not really well connected to the road, the body of the car can get a totally different oscillation or motion. You get almost seasick. In Florida, they use a lot of coral in their roads to help it wear better, but then that gives different, you know, handling techniques. So it's kind of funny, but it, it still goes back to what is your car? How do you use it? And where do you use it? And let's just focus you to where you want to go. Now, say someone comes to you with a very specific issue. Perhaps they want their car to oversteer or understeer or launch better. Are you able to like point to a specific suspension component or, or a specific product that'll give them what they're looking for? Yes, if somebody wants to improve the balance of the car and make it a little bit different, maybe potentially different, if you want to, if a car has a tendency to understeer or a tendency to oversteer, having an adjustable shock, uh, like the Coney Sport, for example, where you just simply put a knob on the top end of the mounting, you can affect the balance of the car. I, for many years, have raced front wheel drive cars. And front wheel drive cars have a tendency when you're really moving pretty fast to have a, begin a, a tendency to understeer if you're really pushing the tires hard. But if you lift off the throttle, you can also make the car snap oversteer as well, potentially. Once you've got some tuning pieces, like the shock adjustability, now we can begin to play with the adjustments to bring the balance to where you're wanted, wanting to do it. For example, when I do seminars for track day groups and racing groups, you know, we will talk about if your issue is at corner entry, for example, then we're, it's the rear rebound damping. Uh, you can adjust that and make the back of the, you know, with a little bit more rebound stiffness, you can make the back end of the car a little bit more lively, a little bit more likely to rotate at corner entry. Or, for example, if the car is too snap happy and it just feels like the moment you turn the wheel in, the weight is transferring too much. In that case, we'd want to soften the rear rebound. And then at the apex of the corner, the shock is not doing as much, and that's more sway bar kind of territory. And then at corner exit, as you're beginning to unwind the wheel and beginning to roll into the power, then it's front rebound is something that you're going to begin looking at. It's kind of neat. Once you get a bit of adjustability into the system, now you can begin refining how the car does it. And you tune it literally from corner entry through mid-corner through exit. And that's what's going to make you faster coming out of the corner onto the next straightaway. 
that's going to help shave lap times, that's going to make the car give you more confidence in the car's ability to go through the corner. And so you can drive to it, you know, a higher percentage of your your and the car's capability. And is that one of the things that Coney brings to the table, that level of adjustability that um, allows a driver or a racer to fine-tune their suspension behavior? Absolutely. Once you've got something with a good quality internals, and especially if it is adjustable, you're going to smooth out the weight transitions, and then you can further refine to it. Every application that we make, we specifically develop for that vehicle. And we go and get that vehicle, we drive it, and we decide what needs to be sharpened up, what needs to do a better job. And then if there are some aspects of the suspension that does a pretty good job, that we decide, hey, we don't want to mess with this. This particular BMW, for example, is riding well, but maybe it needs a little better roll control or something like that. Then we can begin to to do that. So we set every application when we develop it, we do so to have it to be installed in the full soft setting on an adjustable shock to give our target ride and handling for what a generally stock car would do. You are welcome to adjust it after that. But we suggest that you start at the baseline where the, where the shock comes out of the box in the full soft setting, drive it, get the feeling of it so you, you know what, how your car is responding, and feel free to do a little knob adjustment here or there to see what that change is. But it'll help you better get what you want. So what I often explain is, since we develop every application for that particular car, and then we give you a huge range of adjustment, it's similar as if you're going to a restaurant and you order the lasagna. The chef sends out the lasagna made to the house recipe that they feel this is a really darn good lasagna. But on your table, there may be a little salt, a little pepper, and maybe even a little bit of hot sauce. And that allows the person to further fine tune to their particular taste. Do you like a little more salt? I like a lot of, a lot of pepper. So you can fine tune. That's kind of the way that we do it. Coney is providing you for your car, what we feel the appropriate focused recipe is, and then the adjustability gets you to help further individualize. So I get a lot of people that call me and say, what's the, per- the best setting for this? I can give them a ballpark, and then I say, try it. Drive it like this, and then you know, in a, in a day or two, give it a quarter turn of adjustment up or give it down. See if you feel a difference. If you like it, try a little more. Too much, try a little bit less. That can help further refine and get your car doing what you want the way you want to drive it. Yeah, I love that lasagna analogy, uh, and not just because I used to work at an Italian restaurant, uh, so much so that I'm actually going to use it in my next question. Is there a point where you have to push back from the table and say to yourself, there is not enough salt in the world that can help this lasagna? In other words, is there a point where you have to look at your vehicle and say, it's as good as it's going to get? You know, not every vehicle left the factory with the potential to become a canyon carving race car. Am I right? Not necessarily, because you could throw in other ingredients. That's the next point is, are you running the factory sway bars on it? Are you running the factory spring rate? You know, are the sway bars adjustable? If you research and focus, you can continue to dive down further and further and just basically you know, further refine the car, make it quicker, make it ride better, so on like that. And you use these adjustabilities to tune for you, but there's a point where it is a suspension, so this, everything works together. Nothing operates in a total void. Shocks can make a really big change even on an otherwise stock car. You can be amazed, especially if you've uh, got a car that's got a fair amount of miles on it, how much just adding shocks alone will wake it up. But if you want to do springs 
whether you do a coilover kit or a fixed spring kit. If you want to look at maybe a bigger wheel and tire combo, everything works in there together. So the more adjustabilities that you have, that also lets all of those different pieces work and play together, even if they're from different manufacturers. Now, obviously, the bulk of this conversation is about suspension topics, but um, one of the things we like to stress is that if you upgrade one system, then you should probably look at others. You know, if you triple the output of your motor, then you should also consider upgrading, you know, your, your rear end, your drive shaft, et cetera. Do you find yourself recommending some similar upgrades to ancillary systems like that? I think you have to add tires in there relatively quickly too, because still ultimately the tires what connects the vehicle to the ground. If you've got a, you know, the rest of your suspension is is really nice, good shocks and struts, good sway bars, you know, lowering springs and so on like that. If the tire is now the weakest link in the chain, then you need to ultimately do that. A lot of it goes back to that old saying about if you've got a generally weak chain, you don't want to put one great big massive piece in the middle because something else is going to break elsewhere when you when you start pulling on it. So again, everything works together and interacts together and, and not simply in the void. So as I had referenced, adjustability just lets you help maximize that kind of stuff. With the horsepower thing, it is easy today to add a significant amount of power. Just last weekend, we worked a... Uh, a large Ford event, and there were Mustangs everywhere. The horsepower that people are putting in between brand new and 40 and 50-year-old cars, sometimes in some of these places, if you don't have four to 500 horsepower, it sounds like you're not even trying. But four to 500 horsepower in the car that's not connected well to the ground through the suspension, through the driveline, and through the tires is not only not going to really do you any good, it can actually cause trouble if you, you stomp the throttle and, and you're not really in tune with things. That amount of power can just overcome everything that's there. So you can cause yourself trouble too. Again, I have traditionally raced smaller front-wheel drive cars. So even my super high-strung hand grenade 13-to-1 compression Honda engine still doesn't make 200 horsepower. So 500 horsepower in, in a guy's daily driven street Mustang sounds awesome, but it also sounds like here's an opportunity to overwhelm the driver or the suspension or the tires and so on like that. So you got to make sure, again, the whole package works together. Huge power doesn't do you any good if you can't put it to the ground. So it's got to go through the suspension and through the tires. So, Lee, if someone is out there listening and this all sounds great to them, like they want to get more performance out of their suspension, can you kind of elaborate on, on some specific areas to look at and some specific Kony products they, they may want to investigate? Kony has a, an extremely long history. We were the first uh, real performance shock absorber company really in the world, in, you know, in the market. Early days of you know, in racing in, you know, in the 1950s, Kony was, was a top level in Formula One. So they know us for, for performance. But what a lot of people don't realize is how diverse and broad we are. Coney does things with trains, with city buses, you know, and we do a lot of streetcar products that are really not about just speed and performance. Coney's more about bringing technology to refine and improve your vehicle for whatever your uses are. As we drive our cars on the street, we almost everybody would prefer something that's more comfortable uh, and more livable in your day with your daily driver especially if your local roads are bumpy or, or so on like that. So for somebody whose primary focus is driving and refining, but still having good comfort, 
we we're going to aim them towards the Coney Special Active line that's got our FSD frequency selective damping technology in it. It's a patented piece that does a really amazing job. An awful lot of new cars will use an electronic or maybe a magnetic suspension system to help try to find that balance between improved handling and performance while also having a good ride quality. Coney has developed the FSD system. We started out with an electronic system and we developed a mechanical system called FSD that allows us to bring a much improved ride quality to a car or to an RV motorhome or something along that line that's going to make it much more livable, much more pleasant to be in, but still be much more sharp and responsive to steering inputs. RVs or motorhomes, they're quite large. They've got a lot of weight in them, but you don't have to have a high-level CDL license to drive this big monster coach. And you also, frankly, you're driving your house around. You want it to be pretty comfortable. So our FSD technology is amazing on motor coaches. It's good in racing. Uh, we've used it in Formula One in the early days of, its, of the technology. But motorhomes, it's great. For the family sedan, it's a great addition for SUVs and light trucks that have got a relatively high center of gravity, relatively high ride height. But it's still, you know, so it's, it's a little more likely to, to lean or sway in a corner. Something like FSD technology on Special Active gives that better body motion control without bringing in harshness. That's the direction that we're going to go if the person is wanting to refine, improve, but comfort is important. If that's not as important and say the, the person wants a, a really cool lowered street machine, so they are definitely going to lower the car, then we would move them towards probably away from the, the Special Active. We go towards the adjustable Coney Sport or the non-adjustable, what we call the entry-level Coney Street. That's the orange-painted shock. Those are designed for a car that's at stock or for a lowered ride height. It's going to have more rebound control for the, the general handling and also to work with those higher-rate springs. So it's not just what car do you drive, but what are your expectations? What do you want out of this? What are your interests? Because we want ultimately, we want to make your car better for you and the way that you use it. So we've been talking for about 30 minutes now, um, and certainly we cannot touch on every single facet of the, of the suspension performance world. Say someone's listening to this and wants to learn more um, or has specific questions about their suspension setup. Is there a way for someone to uh, contact the Coney Tech Support and maybe get some guidance on their suspension tuning? Actually, there's a lot of information on our website, uh, www.coney-na.com. You can also use the, the, uh, the worldwide website, coney.com, and get to the North American site. We do prefer to people come here because there are a lot of cars that we see here in, in North America that they don't really see in the rest of the world, like Mustangs and Camaros and, and so on like that. You can send us uh, an email at info at coney-na.com, and we'll be happy to work directly like that. And you can call our, our tech line uh, in the U.S., 859-586-4100 and get to uh, one of our tech people that can assist you, whether you know whether it's just simply a matter of trying to define what you're looking for, or if you've already got the product and you need a little help on how do I, how do I adjust this from, you know, from my needs, or is this going to be compatible with this lowering spring? That's what we want to have. The Coney product is very high functioning uh, internally, and we want you to be able to use that. And so a little bit of information can go a long way to ultimately get a, a better and more refined, satisfactory outcome. 
Now, Lee, I know from talking to you that, that Coney's always working on some new innovative stuff, and you alluded to having a, a fancy new sports car in your tech bay already. Um, can you tip your hand a little bit and tell us what, uh, what we can expect from Coney in the future? We've got some really cool things that are coming and will be announced pretty soon. Uh, in 2024, there's going to be uh, some neat new stuff. Basically, Coney is, is using our higher-end technologies, and we're pushing more things to reach out to people. More opportunities in the light truck market. We, we paid a lot of attention to the, to the overlanding world. Very popular deal. We've got some pretty neat stuff coming up very soon for that. Coilovers are absolutely the buzzword in the lowering uh, general market in interest range. And we've got some pretty tricky stuff coming up in 2024 that I think uh, are going to satisfy a, a lot of people while still carrying the Coney technologies and quality along with them. Pretty neat stuff coming along. I just can't lay out all the cards quite yet. Now, we are about ready to wrap up this episode, but do you have any final suspension performance wisdom uh, that you'd like to impart on folks before we say goodbye? The big thing is that you really can make an improvement in the car. Even if, if you're not somebody that's the most connected person, if you pay attention to, to it a little bit, drive your car, and you can begin feeling what you like and what you don't like. I will often relate this to, to learning to drink wine. The first time you drank wine, you probably said, oh my gosh, this is awful. But as you, as you try it a time or two, you go, hey, I like this. Or I, maybe I don't like this particular one. And you refine your taste. That's what I often find that people do with suspension and with their cars. You don't have to be a specialist in this to even start, but drive your car. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Try something. Is it better or does it make it worse? Follow that direction. That way you can really train yourself to get a better, be more in touch with your car. And that's when good quality pieces can really pay a positive reward. Uh, having a good technology, having a good quality in there, it can really change the flavor of the attitude. I love when somebody's got a, you know, maybe a hundred thousand mile car and they'll, they'll say, oh, it's just, it's just not as crisp or tight as it used to be. And even if they don't do anything, but just put a good set of Coney shocks on it. It can really wake the vehicle up. It can make the car much more pleasant to be in. And you may remember how much fun the car was. Or, again, in a, in a competition scenario, when the clock is the competitor, you can literally make differences there. So having good dampers can actually wake up the car and make it better and give you something that you're going to enjoy more. And that's really what we're all about, um, enjoying your vehicle as much as possible. Uh, so thank you, Lee. We've been speaking with Lee Grimes uh, from Coney, North America, all about performance suspension tuning. Thank you again for the time, and I hope our paths cross again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. Onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.